0: We are talking about the great flood today and the rains that did not subside for 150 days. And I just got dripped on twice on my head. I'm not, I'm not just saying that. So good. We can leave it. We can leave it because we're talking about water and enduring <laughs> the storms. I mean, what if I was right here? You see, that was divine intervention right there. I was standing perfectly where the drop was. That's good because I was a little hot with the sweat, sweatshirt thing. This is week two of raising the bar. This passage today is one verse. Let's throw it up there, Genesis chapter 7 verse 24. It's one sentence and it really summarizes everything that the message is today. And the waters let's read it together and the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Let's read it again, it's so short. And the waters prevailed 100 on the earth, I can't read it right with one sentence, and the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. What's the fr- so let me give you some context here. Um, the flood has happened at this point. Last year, we t- last week we talked about building the boat and following the call and answering the call and as we take our boat out onto the waters, now what? We said, we'll go. Where shall we go, Lord? He said, get in the boat because the water's coming. So the waters have come at this point. And let's throw that verse up there one more time, just because I really want to cement this into our, our memories here. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. What's the first thing that comes to you when you hear 150 days? This is not how long he was on the boat. This is how long it rained. 150 days, like a long time, right? That's what comes to mind. It's a long time. So when you decided to make the boat and get on the boat were you really thinking about how long you'd have to be on the boat and what that would be like persevering my subject today is persevering as God raises the bar on our life and resizing I think I did that it's resizing the bar <laughs> come on guys can't you laugh about a typo y'all too stiff We need need to do some jumping jacks. What do we got to do in here? To Everybody, stand up. Do 10 jumping jacks and 10 knee push-ups. Just kidding. Before we get into this, though, I want to give you two announcements that we touched on. But this is so cool, we're going to touch on it again. Y'all don't know that having a youth group is a big deal. It took three years to find a person and some kids. And to get them together and a place and give them their own time slot, it took three years. We got a youth group finally. We got one seed youth. I'm telling you, this is a game changer. There's so many people that come that go, well, my kids, they just don't, one seed, you know, it's cool and all, but they just don't. Now we got something for your kids, so quit telling me we don't. Okay? It's a joke. I mean, that's true, but I'm not, like, angry. I'm I'm excited. Anger, excitement, they go together. It's emotion. So we got, so, so it's at the Youth Activity Park in Dardeen. Has anybody ever been there? Is it not amazing? If I was a kid, I would challenge any mega church out there that they don't have a place as nice as this. It's got basketball courts, rock climbing walls. It's got foosball, air hockey, ping pong, tetherball, sand volleyball. Picnic tables everywhere, Um, skateboarding ramps, but we have to sign a waiver for that. Vincent, probably back off that for a bit. We know how it goes. We don't want you to get hurt or something. I heard about the leg that time. Poor Dawn. She probably knows a lot more stories about injury with Vincent than I do. So so we're going to take it easy. But they've got everything, and then we've got a room reserved for us. Every week, Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7.30, and Vincent has stepped up to be the youth leader. And Amanda's going to be part of this. And take this on so this is huge we've already had some kids sign up that have never even been to church here so I'm telling you I am telling you church trust me get some kids in that youth group and you will see some people come into this church okay that's all I'm saying okay and then we got O kids breaking out journey and echo we're gonna have a fully staffed O kids area three classes we're gonna start using journey room up there it's gonna be so good anyway I digress But what God never told me is that once the fun was over and I got on this boat, how long it was going to be before I got back off the boat. And he didn't warn me how long it was going to rain. Every day. Every day. Does anybody like boats? Are people scared of water? People like water here? Ben, you like airplanes. So one time, because they're the same, like if you got the um, the plane, the plane, you know, the kind that land on water? You got that kind of plane. It's kind of similar. It's like a boat. So we love boats and one time me and Michelle got this boat, okay? One time it was a used boat and they delivered the boat to one part of the lake we were having the boat live at and it was forty minutes forty minutes by water from the destination of where the boat had to end up going later so that we could actually use the boat for recreational activity. And so, so the boat arrives, and we're super excited. And, well, it's just me, because I'm going to meet Michelle, because she's got the kids. You know, we don't want to be stranded at sea like Noah on the ark. That would be horrible. And so, so Ben, so the boat comes in, and guess what? All the batteries are dead. All the gauges are dead. Everything's dead except enough juice to turn the motor. I couldn't even see how much gas was in the thing. And they did tell me it was low on fuel. And, and this was um, during a season where, like, not a lot of stuff was open, Maybe, like, Corona could be part of that. So, so, so I get in the boat, and, and guess what? It's getting blackout, really dark clouds. And I'm thinking, this is 40 minutes on the water, and it's going to rain, and what do I do if it starts flooding this boat, and I can't see anything about what this boat is even thinking because everything's dead on it except the engine that could. So I get in the boat. I start going. It's all good. And boom, 35 minutes out, still, torrential, downpour. You ever been on water when it's raining really hard and you try to go fast? You know, faster is not always the way God wants you to go. Sometimes you need to learn to listen to the weather Because what happens when you try to go fast against the rain? It's like rocks hitting you, right? And it'll leave some welt marks. It's like little BBs hitting you, like little pellets. Someone's stoning you in the Bible. I don't know what's going on, but this hurts. I don't like it. If I go slower, I'm going to get flooded. If I go faster, I'm going to get destroyed by these rock raindrops. And so it it made me think of the boat that Noah was on because at least they had some shelter. So we're, we're driving this thing, and it gets to where I can't see, not exaggerating, beyond that TV it was just white. (sighs) So I don't know if there was other boats. I was probably the only crazy person out on the water at this point, but the boat had to get from point A to B. But I remember in that moment thinking, when is the rain going to stop? Because I don't have any control here. All I could do was keep driving towards the destination. I knew that where we had to go was this way, and that's all I knew. I couldn't even really see which way that way was. I was trusting in the Lord and the lay of the, of the land that time to follow the terrain because I just knew, knew to keep going because I could never see anything but white haze. And it was um, terrifying. And I took a video. That's how scared I was. I did get out my phone and take a video just in case it was my last words. And you wonder where the pastor went that he sank at sea, I mean the Lake of the Ozarks, and he's floating somewhere with his phone video that y'all can put on YouTube and get some likes or something. But it was scary because I didn't know where I was headed. I didn't know how long it was going to be, and I had no visibility. All I knew is I had to keep going because if I stayed where I was, I wasn't going to get through it. It was just going to rain, rain, rain. And so last week we talked about initiating our faith by answering the call And that is a great thing when you're excited for God. But when the newness of chasing and following God's plan for your life wears off, now what do we do? And that's where my subject comes in today, which is about persevering on the water. Persevering. God wants to raise the bar on our lives, but we have to persevere through the time it takes until the waters subside. Because as long as we track according to God's purpose, eventually the water season will come to an end. We always will know that God will have a bright ending for us, whether it's here on earth or in heaven, that when we trust in the Lord and we do everything God has called us to do, no matter how long it feels like that 150 days on the water is, we know that there will be sunshine at some point. We just have to persevere. That's the the key, is consistency, Perseverance. So we talked about initiating our faith in answering the call to build the ark of God, the boat, the sea ray of God that he's set for our life. Now what? When I signed up to build it, I sure didn't know I'd be floating under rain for 150 days. And let me add that that's not the whole time he was on the boat. That's just the time it kept raining. Okay? So you're like, it finally stopped raining and I got to stay on this boat some long. Nate, Nate, he's all about, you know, he's been in the Navy. He, he's like, get me off this boat. I can already feel Nate right now if he was on the ark with, Nate, get me off this boat. It's been a long time. No pun intended, but I don't know if I'm built for this, says Noah. When I put this football field of ark together, why would God put me in paths of storms that make it hard to see and even maybe cause me some pain along the way? I'm trying to sunbathe out on the decks of my spiritual journey and those raindrops that God sent the rains are pelting me in the skin like little rocks. But when God calls you, you will endure the duration it takes to finally watch the water subside if you persevere. And you can persevere if God gave it to you. They always say, God won't give you more than you can bear. Well, without God, you couldn't bear it. So it's kind of a funny thing we say. God won't give you more than you can bear, but without God, sometimes you wouldn't be able to bear it. But with God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When God raises the bar, it's going to be an uphill climb at first. But look to your neighbor and tell him, you got this. You got this. I got this. I don't know what it is, You're floating on today, but you got this. I know the rain feels like forever. It just won't stop. It is April showers bring May flowers, but we're still in April, and it's just taking too long, Lord. It's longer than I expected. It was cute at first, but what happens when it gets really old? I'm burning out, Lord. I don't even know which way I'm navigating on these waters. One time we went to, me and Michelle took a trip to a Caribbean place. And the water was really nice. And maybe someday we'll do it again now that there's airplanes back in the sky and all that. And it was so majestic. And we pulled up to where they have like a water taxi pick you up to take you to wherever you're going because everything's by water. And when you get there, it's just like so majestic. The water is amazing, right? And we get there, and there's this cliff of rocks. Okay, Cindy? It's a cliff. And they say, that's where you're getting picked up. And I'm looking at Michelle going, well, that's a cliff. What if we don't make it? We die trying to get to the thing because it's, it's boulders, not like dirt, steep hill, like rocks, like jagged, like Lord of the Flies, not good. And so, so like, so like, so this taxi is supposed to pick us up, and there's a crew of people from this airplane ride or bus ride or whatever waiting to get on this taxi. And guess what? The taxi holds about four people, and there's about sixty people waiting. And guess what they said? Oh. One guy called out sick today. So, so here we are, we're getting there, we're all excited, it's so majestic, we're taking our selfies and everything, and then we have to wait a little longer, and now we're like, okay, you know, I'm getting kind of tired, we've got our luggage, all this, and then the boat pulls up, and the boat only takes on like four people, and then he takes off again, and there's no radio, there's no nothing. And they said, well, when he comes back, he'll get four more. And there's like 60 people. So all of a sudden, we're going, this is taking longer than I expected, and this is quickly not as exciting to me as it was when we first arrived because this is taking longer than I expected. And this is starting to feel like work. And eventually we got on the boat and then it started raining on us there too. In fact, it's it's rained on us like a lot of places like this. We get in these boats and it rains on us and we're always like, Is the rain ever gonna stop? Is the delay ever gonna stop? It just keeps going. God, you're taking too long. So maybe we should quit. Does quitting ever work? Does anything good ever come out of quitting? No, because you just fall back to where you started. You just keep starting over. It's like you're chasing your tail. If God put us on that boat, God has a reason to get us to the other side when the rainbow comes. God didn't tell us to quit and grab the dinghy and go back to Noahville pre-flood. There was nowhere even to go. You can't quit this if you want, says the Lord, because there's nowhere to go except where I'm taking you. When you realize that God is taking you somewhere and there is no option, it's going to make it a lot more endurable. You're going to be able to persevere through something because you don't have a plan B. Because there isn't one. Because his way is the only righteous way. And if I want to get through these waters, i got to stay on the boat. Come on, y'all with me? Wow, that's good. I like that. I can't quit. That's never been an effective solution. You think the KFC KFC man with his recipe should have quit at 999 when he got 999 no's? No, he finally got a yes on his 1,000. Now look at him. Chicken everywhere, or what we think is chicken. It's everywhere. KFC, I always heard there's a reason they took the chicken word out of it. I don't know if that's true. I just got tripped on again. Okay, Lord, I'm moving. I'm sorry. I know the flood's rain's coming. I'm sorry. But God is making a way for you through this rain. He's raising the bar through the rain. Sometimes there's no choice but forward. And so you got to get in tunnel vision. When I got on that boat and it was giving me trouble out on on the lake, I was talking about this, you got to get in tunnel vision mode. You're worrying about what if this, this, that. You just get in focus. Ben, I bet you, as a pilot, you have to learn to turn on tunnel vision when it matters. Because when there's an incident or an issue, you have to be sharp and on it. Because there's no plan B. And so that's how God wants us to be. When we get in his will, we quit letting the, the, the world distract us from our tunnel vision that God wants us to have. We've got to see it and go after it and keep moving and quit knocking it and just go after it. Quit listening to the world tell you it's not enough and go after it. And we just keep moving forward and we'll do it. What kind of blessing is this, says Noah. He gave me some animals, but I don't have an umbrella. It's a problem. I asked God to give me a beach, but he didn't tell me I was going to have to go down that rocks and get on a thing to find a sand to the beach I asked him to give me there's only one way forward and that's through the waters I'm fixing it as I take you through it there's only one way through there's only one way forward sometimes you gotta get a place of um, you gotta get desperate with God you got to get somewhere. I hope this is making sense. I don't know. I'm trying to bring this together for y'all. This will mean something on the water when you get to a place to where you have no words for God. Does that make sense? You got to get to a low place for God to show you why this journey matters. To show you why we do this. To show you the value in the depth of what we're doing. God says that's for everybody. Every plan is that way. If you don't ever see the roots of what God is trying to do in your life, you'll never see the value in it. you got to get to that place, a low place, to know. Too many choices, just mess it up. He didn't give Moses, uh, Noah any choices on the water. He just said, this is all you got, because he couldn't mess it up. Because we like to mess it up with our minds, our thoughts, our ideas. And God says, my plan was so simple for you. Just stick to my plan on the waters. You don't need all those options like they have on Amazon, which are good, by the way, until there's too many choices. When you're on the water long enough, and Ben, I keep referencing you because in the air is probably a lot like this. If you're not careful, you might not know which direction you're going. Because it just all looks the same. And so I imagine there's a point in Noah's journey. I mean, it's 150 days, okay? It's 150 days. I imagine there's a point on the journey where he could, he said, I don't even know which way this boat's going anymore. I'm not driving it. I give up. I'm just going to float until something happens. Has anybody ever hit that place? Anybody? Come on. Y'all got a pulse? Come on, somebody. You don't always have to know as long as you go. Jen, you don't have to know. That's the good part. As long as you go. And you say, God's taking me there and I'm going to get there. Ashley, God's taking me there and I'm going to get there because that's the only way I can go. That's the only way God can raise the bar when I persevere. God says, I got you. We just got back from a trip this week. Let me tell you a funny story here. I don't know if it's funny. Let me tell you a story. Years ago... I did this audition for a college. It's called a showcase. And I was singing um, She's a Bad Mama Jamma. Dun, dun, dun. Just as fine as she can be. You know, I know, I know. I'm saying it was back then, okay? Don't hate on me. It was a jam. I didn't I wasn't listening to the words, but it was good. And so there's me, I'm singing Bad Mamma Jamma to like with a band to like three people, and they're judges. Not judges in the Bible. They're judges for the audition. And they were just looking at me like deer in headlights. Like, they wouldn't even give me a golf clap, okay? It was bad. And we're just rocking this place out, Rusty. Me, singing mama Majama, how weird is that? Yeah, it's weird. So at least smile, judges. And you know what they said? They, they said, we don't want them. You know why? This is what they said. Because they act like there's way more people here than that's really in the room. And I said, "Yeah, because that's what we see. That's what we see. And so I thought, how limited of a view can we have? Because when God gives you something bigger, the world is always last to catch up. When David saw giants being slewed in his future, the world thought he was just a shepherd, shepherd's boy. So the world will always be last to catch up. So when God puts you on the ark, Noah at some point is going to go, okay, he's going to take me somewhere with this. But the rest of the world thought he was crazy. And maybe he was, but he was crazy about God. That's called faith. And so, so the, the reason I tell you about this, this Belmont story is because it hurt. Because I thought, you just limited where I thought God was taking this, this vision of bad Mama jamma. And then I realized it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really for God at that point. But this week we were sitting next to Bishop Jakes and Pastor Stephen Furtick, about 40 feet from us, in a room. They're two of the best communicators in the world, alive. And I'm not like tooting anybody's horn or anything like that. I'm saying we were sitting right there. We were invited. We were invited. They reached out and said, do you and Michelle want to come? I said, you pointing to me. You know, like when the pretty girl waves at you, and you look behind, and they, you, they're waving to the person behind you, and you're like, you wave, and then you feel stupid because actually they weren't talking to you. I'm like, are you talking to us? They're like, yes, 1C Church. We want you to come. And we we're like, okay. Okay, we'll go. It was a week's notice. But here's, here's what I'm trying to say to you guys. I don't know if you're getting this, that we're going according to what we see from the beginning, not waiting for it to happen first before we move. So we went. And the same vision that was back at the rejected audition is how we got called to this thing because God is doing something in this little house. You know how many people say it's just a tiny church? So was Israel. Quit calling it that because we got a big vision. We don't want to be a tiny church. We want to be a big church for God's kingdom, and that's the vision. And so that's all good. So quit limiting us to what you think we're going to be because God already knows the rainbow is at the end of the flood. Are you getting this? I use my personal stories sometimes to help illustrate. I really could care less to tell you all my personal stories. It's not about me. I got over myself 20 years ago when I learned how fake the music business was. So I share this with you to learn how important it is that when God gives you something, don't let the world tell you it's not enough and that you're not qualified because he took this washed-up singer and placed us right next to these people. And if you want to be good, you got to surround yourself with where you want to go. And so that's what he's doing. We don't want our old church mentality. We're the new church. We're the modern church. And when the community catches up, and I don't know when that will be, but I know that God is doing something and that's all I care about because God will take care of the rest. They are going to go, whoa, 1C church was living next level, and we missed it for so long, and we've been watching closely. They're doing something. It's good. You know what God told me the other day? This is so weird, Jen. I don't get like super spiritual with visions and all this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one of the apostles from the book of Acts where God gives me a dream and a vision. I've never had that. But God said, you're already doing what you're going to be. You already look like what you're going to be. We're just waiting for the people to catch up to the vision. We're already painting the picture of what we are. Am I, are you all tracking with this? We don't look like the rest because we're showing what we're going to be. We're just ahead of the schedule. So we keep showing the vision. You know, Amazon was going to go bankrupt. I don't even need notes for this. Amazon was going to go bankrupt in the late 90s. You know why? Because they were so ahead of the vision of the culture that the culture didn't know what to do with them. Now look at Amazon. You know, they got drones. People said, I don't know what it's like to go buy a rake and a book from the same place. That's weird. Now where are you all shot besides Target? (laughs) Amazon. They were ahead of their time. We are doing something so special that we are ahead of the people's even understanding of it. I'm telling you that. I believe it. It's not what I've seen. Good, because that's not what we want. We already have that. We want to do it different. And so we've been on the boat. And maybe you're on the boat. And maybe somebody online that's watching is on the boat. Because I know there's people watching that feel like they're never going to get off this thing because it just keeps raining. And with the Lord, you will prevail. If God called you on the boat, you will endure the 150 days of rain. And however many days longer after that it takes, it will just keep going. You will prevail to the rainbow if you persevere. And you can do it. You can do it. Look to your neighbor. If you don't have a neighbor, look look at Papa Emily and just tell them, You can do it, Papa. Y'all did it. That's funny everybody said it that's funny shout out to LB thank you sir for loving me my family and our church because when people see it they open doors and when doors open that's how God does it that's how he does it it's so good you will prevail y'all can stand with me as I wipe my forehead this time it's sweat I got like preaching for a minute there and started sweating. You've got a captain right on the boat. Noah's not driving that thing, God is navigating these waters. You have your own boat story doesn't have to be my story because you have your own story. Maybe your story is an issue with school. It feels like the rain's hitting you in school. Maybe the people don't treat you good in school because you don't fit into this crowd or that crowd. Or maybe they look at you different in society because you made a mistake before. And you can look at them and say, he's without sin. He can cast the first stone and that'll be nobody. They'll walk away just like the Pharisees did because we've all been there. What matters is that we change our course and we get on the boat. It's when we only want to stay on the shore, do we stay the same and we quit. That's what perseverance is. It's moving forward. It's not about knowing the end. It's about moving forward no matter what. I have no plan B. I got to stay on the boat because there's nowhere else to go. It's water everywhere. So at least God is my, my gyrah, He's my supplier, my provider. He's Jehovah Jaira. He put me on the boat. He's got the animals. He's got the people. We're going to be good. I just don't know when. I'm not going to worry about it no more because it's stressing me out. You know? 150 days is a long time. It helps when you quit dwelling on it. And you just think about how good God is, that he gave you a boat. Then you think about God gave you enough to survive on a boat when the worst, rest of the world got washed away. You know, there's some people in your neighborhood right now that won't get on the boat. God wants you to call them to church to get them on the boat. Because the same truth, it's a prophetic, it's a prophetic word of Jesus Christ on the cross about washing our sins. That Jesus needs us on the boat as well. I was talking about the boat in the beginning. I said boat a lot here in this sermon, and I was talking about driving that path. It was forty minutes of torrential downpour. I mean, horrific. And what I didn't tell you is. A few, a few months before this, I had to do the same with a smaller personal watercraft, and the same thing happened, and the gaslight went on about 5, 10 miles from the destination. And so when I was on the boat this time, I said, I've been here before. I've seen this before, and I know according to the weather patterns here, usually when I get around this point, the sun's going to break, and it did. And I knew when I saw that turn, I knew the destination was right around the corner. I no longer quit worrying about if I'm going to get there because I, I could see it now. I could see it. And we're going to get there in week three, that, that the journey doesn't end with the rain for Noah. This is just how he gets to the rainbow. Y'all know about the dove, and you know about the rainbow, and you know about the, the ending of the flood times. But Noah had to stay on the boat until it was time to get off when the dove didn't come home. And so that's, that's what I thought of when we were doing this lake stuff. And When I saw that last turn, I said, okay, I made it. I did all right. I made it. God says, you will prevail because I have a great plan for you. If you trust me fully, you will prevail. I have a plan for you. It doesn't always make sense. It's definitely not clear what God wants, but as long as I diligently seek Hannah, as long as I diligently seek, God's going to do something in my life that's different. Rusty, as long as I keep seeking, Nicole, as I keep seeking, and sometimes even the pastor goes off the hinges and doesn't make no sense, God honors you because you're seeking his kingdom. That was a joke, guys. Sometimes, you know, we get up here and it's not clear. So we just let it out whatever god wants we just let it out and that's what god is saying is that we stay on the boat we wait for the end because rainbow's coming we endure we persevere let's all bow our heads right now we can we can pray real quick and engage in worshiping god we're thankful that we have this opportunity we never want to stop being grateful for the opportunity to be in your house to be able to do what we get to do. This is freedom. And the moment we turn freedom into labor, we forget the blessing, and we shall not do that. Forgive us, Lord, for ever doing that. Forgive me, Lord, for ever doing that. Forgive me for ever questioning how good you are enough, how fast you will be. Forgive me, Lord, for thinking that way because I don't need to worry about it because you are my lifeline. You are our lifeline as a church, and you got us through corona, and you got us through 50 different venues you got us through everything Lord you got us through hard times you got us through good times and we're on the up and up to the rainbow God so we're gonna persevere we're gonna endure We're going to take our strength into this week, and we're going to give you the praise for everything. We're going to give you the praise for our cars when we get them today. Thank you, Lord, for this car. God, we're going to give you the praise for our family. Thank you for letting me have family. God, we're going to give you the praise for letting there be restaurants that I can order straight to my house. God, we're so thankful that we are blessed beyond measure, God. Let us never be numb to the blessing that the house of God can say, in Jesus' name, everybody say together, amen.